This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to another episode of the Tom and Bob Show, where each week we discuss best practices in the field of customer experience management. I'm Tom DeWitt, Director of CXM at MSU, and I'm joined by my co-host and partner in crime, Bob Keitel, Vice President of CX of M and retired Global CX Executive with General Motors. Without further ado, let's get this show on the road. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Tom and Bob Show. I'm, I'm here alone today. Bob's on vacation, but I'm joined by Stephen Carlton from Primera Blue Cross and Bradley Kruger from Advocate Aurora Health. Both are speaking at the upcoming uh, CXM360 conference on October 14th. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Thanks, Tom. Good to be here. Thanks, Tom. Great to have. Him. Yeah, so Good we're gonna we're gonna start um, with 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 Stephen. Stephen, why don't you give us a little background on your your position at Primera Blue Cross and and um, uh, a little background on your your presentation next week and what we can expect. Sure thing, Tom. I'm uh, the vice president of customer experience at uh, Primera Blue Cross, and uh, I took that role two and a half years ago and. Uh, because we have a great noble purpose, which is to improve customers' lives by making healthcare work better. Now, that's an easy statement, but it's a really complicated thing to do with all the players uh, involved in U.S. healthcare. Uh, and so that's what I've been on a mission to do. And, you know, the place that we start is obviously with feedback and with data and try to use that data to drive our decisions. Uh, you know, as humans, I think we're prone to uh, jump to solutions before we fully understand the problem. And, and I'm trying to bring that um that discipline into the organization where we look at data to diagnose a problem, really try to understand what's going on, and then use that to prioritize where we apply our resources. And so I'll be talking a lot about that journey of how we got there, uh, you know, looking at, at data, looking along the journey, uh, looking at verbatims and using text analytics to help us analyze what's going on, um, and then really how, we're, um, how we use that to guide us and target where we where we're actually going to focus to make the journey better for our members or the patients. Cool. So I, I know in past discussions we've talked about the value of quantitative and qualitative data, and you you brought up verbatims. Is there a specific reason why um, you focused on ver, verbatims, and what yeah. what value do they bring? Yeah, that's a great question. So many times when uh, a company starts their journey on CX, uh, they'll put some sort of instrument in place, whether it's NPS or customer satisfaction or what have you. And the focus will be on the on the numerical data. And where is it trending? And, and that's interesting. But to me, it doesn't really tell you what's going on or where to dig in. And the verbatims is where the richness is. And so to me, sort of the scale or what you pick is less important. And it's more important to get your customers engaged in telling you what's going on people will often tell you or they'll answer questions you didn't ask them. So you'll find things out um, that you didn't ask about. Um, and then if you start to be able to do that at scale and analyze it, you know, with a text analytics engine, uh, then you can really start to see patterns across the enterprise. So you can, you can focus on acute things that you can fix today. And also what are those systemic things that are happening across the enterprise that, that are going to be a heavier lift and, and take more focus. So uh, I think the value in 
there. I call them the nuggets in the verbatims. That's why I focus on the, uh, on the verbatims. So what's, what, what's the best way that practitioners can integrate um, verbatim requests into their survey design? The best way, uh, I think you just, you, you leave an open-ended box there at the end, whatever you're asking them, uh, you know, to, to rate you as always leave an opportunity for people to tell you what's going on. And I'll tell you what we've been doing. And I don't know if uh, I'm able to mention my, uh, our, our customer experience uh, management platform. Is that okay? If I, if I mention them? Sure. Sure. Yeah. That's uh, we use Medallia. And, uh, and so, you know, we started with just your basic email survey uh, and we're starting now to add different elements to it, uh, an option for someone to take a video of themselves um, and tell us what's going on. And from there, you know, you can also get uh, you can also determine what someone's really feeling uh, through facial um, facial analysis. Uh, because sometimes what we say and what we do uh, are two different things or what we say and what we're thinking are two different things, especially in surveys. There's this phenomenon where uh, people often tell you what they think you want to hear versus what's really happening. And so it's just another signal. It's another, um, another layer or uh, a way to get more granular information. So I would say always keep yourself open to, um, uh, to, to having people tell you their opinions rather than just filling in a dot on a one through, you know, zero through 10 scale. Um, and the other thing is we have a separate place called premierlistens.com. That's uh, just a website where you can go. You don't necessarily have to receive a survey, but it's just open. And if you know it exists and we advertise it, you can go there and people will just write in things that happen to them. So, yeah. So I guess, yeah, you know, I guess um, for some people, they kind of discount the value of the verbatim thinking that that customers don't leave a whole lot of information. Um, what, what, what's been your experience? Do people really take advantage of that? And, and is it, is it tied to their emotional state? Do you find that people that are angrier leave longer verbatims or people that are, are happier do the same? What, 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 what do you find? That's a really good question. Um, actually, it's fairly balanced, believe it or not. Uh, people people want to tell you when they have a good experience uh, because they're grateful, especially in U.S. healthcare, because it's not necessarily a common experience or common occurrence. Uh, and then, of course, when people are fired up, they'll they'll uh, they're ready to share as well. But we actually categorize the comments uh, into positive, negative, neutral, and keep track of those. Obviously, positive ones we want to take a look at, we focus on the ones that are negative, uh, and then we have a review and response team. So uh, if it's something that's acute, we'll, we'll actually track it and somebody will follow up with a customer. Um, if it's more an outer loop or systemic issue, uh, we keep track of that. And is it happening just in one part of the business? Is it happening everywhere? Um, and, and then decide how to, uh, how to go remedy that uh, based on that feedback and that analysis. Very, very good. Um, you brought up text analytics. Could you comment a little bit on, on how you use text analytics to analyze the data? Sure. Uh, well, basically, there's a, there's, you start with a library, a fixed library, and, and Medallia has several of those, depending on what industry you're in. And then what you do is you, you dump in you know, thousands and thousands of, of verbatims, because the more you have, the smarter it gets, and you can train it. You can manually train it by saying, oh, actually, no, this word means this in this context. And then you can also, by virtue of that, that effort that we talked about, categorizing things negative, positive, neutral, you can tune it. Uh, so let's say the text analytics engine got it wrong. Um, you can actually make that change there and then 
the, the engine will learn from there. So that's how we use it. And, and that, and each time we have a team looking at verbatims and making those adjustments and tuning, it further engages them and it makes the machine better. So it's just a virtuous cycle. And how do your, how do your, how do your teams use the results of that verbatim analysis and, and affecting the, the customer experience? Right. So my team kind of monitors it across the enterprise. We have 12 individual teams that go in and self-serve uh, and look at this on a weekly basis. They'll, and they track it and we have visibility into that. So, you know, if there's some acute things, they'll assign it to someone in their organization to go follow up and they'll let, uh, let the system know, they'll update the system when it's been taken care of. And then likewise, when there are outer loop things, things that you can't solve just simply by following up with a customer, uh, we keep track of those and look at trends across uh, the enterprise and, and, and kind of feed that into our prioritization scheme, say, oh, this is a problem for 90% of our customer base versus this is only a problem for Medicare patients. Um, not that that's not important, but it helps us with prioritization and resource allocation. Now, are you just looking at problems? Um, uh, what about the positive things and, and how, do you, how do you use the, the positive yeah. um, trends you see in the data? Well, we, we try to find patterns. Uh, and when we see positive things happening, we, we dig in there as well and say, why is everybody loving this? What's going on? Because you can, again, you can jump to a conclusion without fully understanding it. And so we'll go in and we'll talk to the people who are delivering that great experience and say, what are you doing? Or we'll do what they call a Gemba in the lean world, where you actually sit side by side with someone and watch them do their work. And you'll, you can pick up what's going on and learn why, you know, where that goodness is coming from. So uh, we do that for sure. And then we, we kind of sit down and have a brainstorm and say, well, what we learned here in this part of the journey and from this person who's really um, delivering a great experience, how transferable is that? Can we deliver that over here where we're having a, you know, a, a tougher time um, or is it completely unrelated? And so we have those discussions to see if we can transfer great experiences along the journey to other, other troublesome spots. Very cool. I'm excited. Excited to see your presentation and, and visit you there someday. Um, Excellent. So let me let me bring up uh, Bradley Kruger, who is with um, Advocate Aurora Health. Um, Brad, can you tell us a little bit about about your role there and and what we can expect in your presentation next week? Yes, yes. Uh, thank you again. I'm very excited about the presentation and uh, uh, sharing some of our uh, journey in terms of surveying sampling um, and similar to Steve using a multi-channel, omni-channel approaches for that feedback in order to aggregate, um, in order to, and to aggregate the information and then implement and execute a change that impacts uh, the care that patients receive. A little bit about my role in the organization. I'm a system vice president for patient experience of volunteer uh, services, so over 10,000 of, of volunteers in the organization. Um, and we do have now a virtual of, of, a virtual of volunteering option where we can reach out to patients. So as a plug for that, anywhere in, the, uh, anywhere in the world, if you're interested to in uh, volunteering with us, please feel free to give me a call um, or a contact. And I also oversee global and executive health for the organization. Um, so as part of my presentation, uh, again, looking at that omni-channel approach, as we all know that healthcare is a heavily regulated industry, 
um, up to and including surveying and sampling. Uh, one example of that is um, um, the hospital uh, surveys, the HCAPS surveys, and how that process, the sampling, uh, for the most part, and the uh, modes of distribution is based on a regulatory requirement by uh, CMS. So what that tends to lead to then, um, because all of that information, just so people are aware, is used um, to help pay hospitals. So as part of the value-based purchasing program for uh, CMS, um, they, they uh, uh, CMS retains a percent of every uh, uh, Medicare uh, dollar throughout the year. Uh, takes it away from payment, 1%, and then hospitals have to earn it back mm. through the HCAPs, uh, through, through the hospital, sur hospital service. So what that tends to lead to then um, as we move into operations is that a heavily focused uh, organization focused on that uh, a number. So the distribution curve, as you can imagine, is, is fairly tight in the organization and CMS only looks at top box scores. So yes, definitely, all, always becomes the focus. Um, so what organizations tend to do in healthcare um, is to focus on that score. And what through our uh, through the analysis and reviews, what we what we came to realize is that that feedback is a very very small portion of our overall patient base. So HCAPs part of that piece is to, to it has to be distributed on paper. So um, right there, all of a sudden, who's responding, the types of patients who are responding to the, and to that, because ultimately care gets redesigned based on that feedback and that score. And uh, through our uh, a journey now, the past uh, three and a half years on focusing on diversity, equity, and inclusion, um, we started to match up who's responding to paper-based surveys compared to who are we serving as patients. So Advocate Aurora Health, a large organization in Wisconsin and Illinois, uh, we have over 3 million individual patients. If you were to take a look at the race and ethnicity distribution across that 3 million, um, it's approximately 25% African-American um, African American patients. When, when you were to take a look at paper-based uh, surveys, who's responding to surveys across, uh, across races, what we saw was a disproportionate amount of surveying was being sent in by Caucasian patients. So care actually gets redesigned around that. So who were we designing care for uh, based upon, the, based upon the, the responder? So as part of the presentation, really show how we supplemented the CMS mandated paper surveys with an electronic survey process, uh, text, email, interactive voice response, IVR, and how that balanced then, how that surveys, how the survey responses then balanced our patient distribution. So we could see now we're getting survey responses that mirror the race, ethnicity, age, gender of the patients we serve. So now we feel like uh, Steve said that we're getting a lot of feedback, quantitative as well as qualitative, that reflects the patients that we see. And now how do we take that information through multi-channels, um, not just the surveying, but also incorporate it into, um, into a web responses. So how do we then sweep the web, get all that feedback, aggregate it with our patient survey feedback, 
How do we do a rounding? So we have a lot of nurse leader rounding with patients using electronic tool. How can we take that feedback aggregated with the survey feedback? And then how do we take the feedback that we're receiving from our billing processes, our call centers, and aggregate all of that to really uh, showcase then that end-to-end -end experience um, a patient may have when they're in our four walls and then our consumers have. Um, so all of us are cons consumers and we're patients. So how do we then use that feedback to redesign that end-to-end -end from scheduling, from the scheduling process, from the online um, access all the way to the other end, the billing process, and then everything, everything in between using multiple cha uh, channels of uh, feedback. So again, there's a quantitative, there's a qualitative, and then there's how do we take our qualitative and using artificial intelligence and machine learning deep and deep uh, and deep learning, how do we take the qualitative and make it quantitative? Wow, very cool. Um, looking forward to that. I, I know we've had some discussions lately about COVID and how it's impacted um, the healthcare experience, um, both for the patient and for um, the employee. Can you talk a little bit about how 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 was the past year and 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 the COVID patients? How how has that impacted um, your survey results or your your customer feedback? What what things have you what things have you seen? That's an excellent ex, excellent question. And one of those points of input for feedback in that multimodal omni-channel approach is our employees. Um, so internally to the organization, we call them team members. But yes, how do we take uh, that feedback as well and incorporate it into care redesign? Because we have seen a significant change in both the, both the comments and the survey responses from patients as the pandemic continues, as well as employees. And if you go back in time um, to the spring, of 2020, you know, healthcare, uh, healthcare uh, heroes were, were, plastered on, were plastered on the news, on billboards, and that's where our healthcare teams were. Uh, flash forward ahead to right now in the uh, current state, and um, you, you know, given all of the, I hate to say this, but um, given all the emotion tied to the pandemic, um, it's taken a real hard toll on healthcare employees. There's a lot of, um, um, I, I, I don't mean I'm, I don't mean to get down, um, but uh, it's been a long it's been a long pandemic and the impact that it's had on, um, on nurses, physicians, and uh, healthcare employees is significant. And what I've noticed too about the patient feedback compared to where we started in the pandemic, it's really become pol uh, polarized at both ends of the spectrum. I would say historically, there was a large gap around the average, uh, you know, a, a large number of patients that will respond, if you will, positively and supportive. That's now moving to the tips and tails. There's a lot of um, anger, let's say, about masking still, um, social distancing, visitation, um, especially now with the Delta of variant spread and um, hospitals becoming full again, many hospitals moved to limited visitation. And the impact that has had on patients and their family members is significant and the emotion, the raw emotion that comes out in a time of a, a crisis with families has been uh, oftentimes 
uh, challenging. Yeah, I can imagine. I know it's been a, a hard year for everyone, but in particular, people working in the healthcare field. And we, we really appreciate everything that you guys are doing um, and hope for a better future. Well, thanks, gentlemen. As always, it's, it's always good to chat with you. Um, and you've got me excited and eager now to hear both your presentations next week. Um, thanks again for being here and, and have a great weekend. Tom, and thanks, thank Tom. You. Appreciate uh, you having us and uh, looking forward to next week. And thanks, listeners, thanks for, again for tuning in. Um, look forward to seeing you. Uh, and another episode of the Tom and Bob Show. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Tom and Bob Show. If you enjoyed the podcast, please tell your friends and share it on LinkedIn and Twitter. If you have any ideas or suggestions for future podcasts, send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. After all, you're our customer. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.